everyone. Uh, episode number three, Bros on the Warpath. We are rolling. Um, once again, everyone, thank you so much for all the consistent uh, listeners we've been getting. It's been unbelievable. Um, getting a lot of love on Twitter. Uh, just want to shout out some people real quick. Uh, the Burgundy Banter Unfiltered podcast. Uh, those guys have been fantastic. We Possibly, if we if we don't talk too long, we'll probably call into their show tonight, so you can go over and check that out. Um, the Burgundy Network podcast, a pod, they, they gave us a shout out on Twitter, um, which helped us like, get some followers. We did surpass 100 people following us now on Twitter, which is fantastic. The Twitter, the Twitter universe is kicking ass. Um, I'm still learning how to do it, so if you see some stupid tweets, that's nine times out of ten me. Um, <laughs> And then the HT We Are podcast gave us a shout out, so also go check them out. Um, two of them are Anchor podcasts, and I believe uh, the Burgundy Benter is an iPod podcast. But you know, we like to give those Anchor people a shout out because you know Anchor Anchor uh, helps us out a lot with our podcast. So definitely go check out those three amazing podcasts, and hopefully we could do a collaboration with them really soon um, and have them call in and work with us. Um, yeah, so we're gonna get right into our topics tonight. Um, Tony, Tony number one, because he's older, so I'm, I'll be two Tony. Um, <laughs> he's the he's the uh, the wiser of the Tonys. Um, he's he does, he has a lot of cool things to talk about. Um, let me let's just do the let's get this first one out of the way. The only one that I really have on my list um, is the draft pick numbers. Uh, let's let's talk about that real quick, and we'll get that off the chopping block immediately. Um, Chase Young numbers are always good. Yeah, Chase Young is taking ninety nine. Uh, which we kind of talked about, you know, that was kind of the rumor we thought was uh, we, that's what Chase wanted. So, you know, when you're the first round pick, you usually get what you want. Um, Antonio Gibson is getting 24. Uh, Sadiq Charles is getting 77. My man, the guy who's been killing it on social media, Twitter, I, he's the unsung hero of the draft, I think. Uh, he, he's the one I'm most excited for. Uh, Antonio uh, Gandy Golden's taking number 10. Um, Keith Ishmael is taking 60. Uh, Kladeek Hudson is forty, taking 47. A little coolie there a little bit. Um, Camden Curl is uh, taking 31. And then Jonathan Smith-Williams is taking 72. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're the first couple picks um, that we have. There was, there was also a couple There was also a couple number changes. Yeah, what, what, what do you got on that one? Uh, Caleb Brantley changed from 99 to 96 to accommodate our first-round draft pick. Nice I don't guy. know if any uh, – I don't know if any money or trips or uh, yeah. anything was uh, involved in a in a trade for the number, but they arm that's, wrestled. Yeah, yeah, I, that's that's why that's why Young got it. But uh, now I know the other. Number, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. The other number. The other number was Fabian Moreau. He switched from 31 that he's had since he was a rookie to number 25, Chris Thompson's old number. Oh wow. Um, and also. Um, the uh, is it Caleb Wilson, the tight end, switched from eighty three to forty five, I believe. Okay, and that that's how uh, how uh, Wright, our undrafted uh, rookie, got number eighty three as well. Yeah, they, they he swapped. He got he got number he he got number eighty three now as a rookie. So, um, another rookie another rookie was uh, Jonathan Johnson. He got number twelve. Uh, the quarterback Montez got number six and Thaddeus Moss took number 46 as of now, but that's a temporary number. Yeah. Um, he got uh, 46. They listed at 46 W, which is the white Jersey, which they, in the preseason, they usually give an offensive player and a defensive player at the bottom of the roster. Um, the, the same, same number. number. Yeah. So I believe, um, Maurice, Smith is the safety with number 46. So they both have the same number as of now, but I can't, if, if Moss makes the team, which I think he's gonna, um, I can't see him sticking with 46. I think that's just a, a temporary until yeah. maybe like, maybe like 84 is open or 89, two pretty famous Mosses. So maybe, maybe he'll take one of those if, if they become available. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, what was the other thing I wanted to bring up real fast? Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the number changes is good. Um, you know, Taylor, Taylor changes number and it worked out amazing for him. You know. Yeah, that that number twenty one was sweet. Yeah. Um, and then uh, last bit of news I have, we'll just brush over it real quick. Um, former Redskins player getting a little bit of trouble at a traffic stop, huh? Uh, Brashard Breeland. Yeah. I- 
a little a little Bashad Breeland getting uh getting some what heat was it, uh, marijuana marijuana possession uh, he's he's facing charges of resisting arrest which I mean realistically that 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 charge just seems to get slapped on people all the time um yeah stop resisting so we can hit, hit you in the head a couple times um well that's that that's cold read that's the most people that's what people are arrested most in our area too is yeah. resisting arrest 100 percent. So, so that that's yeah. debatable like did he did he square up and swing at a cop probably not um uh having alcohol in a motor vehicle with a seal broken so he had some open containers um yep. beer or wine it, it doesn't really uh, say uh, possession of 28 grams or less of marijuana or 10 grams of hash and driving without a license how do you not have a license in the nfl level i i don't know i mean unless unless it's because maybe his dc license ran out and he had to find one in the for his new city. Yeah. So maybe maybe it ran out, just never renewed. I don't know, but it doesn't sound I too just, serious, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know how driving under the influence is a possibility when you have all that cash too. I'd be paying somebody to drive me when I was drinking. Yeah, well it doesn't say he was under the influence. It just said it was he, no? had, he had open container in the car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he was never charged according to this report, he wasn't charged with um under the influence of anything. He just had ten grams or less of marijuana or hash. Um, we'll hit 28 grams or less uh, of marijuana or 10 grams of hash. No license, which probably he'll get hit the hardest for. And open container yeah. probably will get thrown out. And probably a resisting arrest will get thrown out too. Probably. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's it's something that could be resolved because you hate to see hate to see anybody getting arrested for anything. But you know, time will tell. Innocent until proven guilty, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how it how it works out for him. Wish him the best. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, and then your your first topic you want to cover is uh, is two two. It's kind of back to back run uh, coach Ron things. Uh, the first one is uh, a breakdown of the uh, the low undrafted free agent signings. You want to kind of talk about? Yeah, um, I noticed a lot of people were talking on Twitter about. Uh, they said Ron Rivera in the past really never signed a lot of undrafted free agents. So I went back and checked out of curiosity and over the last 10 years in, uh, well, nine years in Carolina and one year this year, um, I noticed in 2010, he signed nine players, which is about the average number. Uh, 2011, he signed 10 players again, pretty, pretty standard. Um, in 2012, he signed 12. So the number was trending upward a little bit. In 2013, he signed 15 players undrafted. Uh, in 2014, he signed 16. In 2015, he signed 15. In 2016, he signed 12. In 2017, he signed 19 players. In 2018, he signed 22 players. And last year, he signed four only. And this year, he signed four. So what I'm thinking is, I mean, we can't really say that in the past he's signed a low amount of undrafted free agents because checking, it's not true. Um, this year, I can understand it because I think his explanation for it was that if the season starts late or there's any, or even with, with all this uh, virtual coaching that they have to do right now, not really a lot of on-field stuff for these guys to show their to show their their skills. So I think right now he realizes that a lot of these young guys aren't really going to have the opportunity. So the ones he did bring in, I can honestly see having an opportunity because he signed some talent uh, with some with the undrafted rookies that he brought in. Mm -hmm. I mean, each one of them offers something. They bring something to the table that. Um, I could see them sticking. So whether it's practice squad or bottom of the roster. So, I mean, I know this year they, with the new CBA, I know the, uh, the rosters are extended or expanded a little bit. Um, I, I think it's two extra spots, which I'm not sure that if you could flip flop players from your practice squad, I have to read up on it a little bit more. It's mm -hmm. there's there's so much there to read up on as far as the new CBA, but I know 
it's there's a two roster spot deviation this year where I think you might see something like an Antonio Gibson. Uh, he'd be your fifth wide receiver and your fifth running back, or your sixth wide receiver and your fifth running back. So you could keep an extra person at, an, at another position that you normally wouldn't be able to keep. So, but yeah, just to, to go back to, to, to the undrafted rookies, I just wanted to dispel that, that rumor that you normally signs low amounts of undrafted. And yeah. Yeah, previously he, he signed a lot. But like I said, I think more or less it's because of the, the yeah. inability for these guys to be on the field right now. Being new to Redskins Twitter, um, I get it. I understand some uh, frustration and uh, and some of the maybe weariness. Um, I know some people aren't really hyped about about the draft and shocked that other people are. Um, They're still Mm -hmm. not bought into the system yet, which I get. Listen, how many times in 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 our lifetimes have we seen coach changes and quarterback changes, and we've been told the culture is going to change? You know, so maybe maybe we're just being uh, super super hopeful and and really drinking the Kool Aid right away, but. At the end of the day, like when you finish a season with two wins, I, you know what I mean. Like, how how much more negative do you want us to get? You know what I mean. Like, we'll buy in. It's like a presidential change. You buy in and hope for the best. And if it sucks in two, two years, then then you can start complaining again. But you know, I don't want to start in a bad foot. So it's good that like a lot of people are like, oh, what's he doing? Like everything that's being done right now on any coaching side or player side is being heavily scrutinized. Like. Because people are just trying to, some people are just trying to find a reason to not like what's happening, you know, right, and and, right. Um, and a lot of this undrafted free agents thing can also come down to the training camp thing that you were saying, you know, saying that right. why would I bring in four or five guys undrafted, and then I can't really see how they're gonna perform in camp. We might not have an off season, we might not have um, uh, a preseason, so I can't really guarantee they're gonna fight for a spot. So. Why really bring them in and 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 do any of that when we just got to kind of ride with what we have, unless someone's a right. huge huge standout, you know? Right. Another thing he mentioned was um, that not that he mentioned, but another thing that was mentioned was there are five. Actually, there's six roster spots open right now, but the addition of the German defensive end, uh, Bada, uh, he being he's an international player, I don't believe he counts against the roster. In oh. the preseason, okay, because he was actually assigned to the Redskins. I don't, I don't know if they chose him. I don't know exactly the process, but I believe the international players do not count against the roster spot. Well, while we're bringing him up, you said you got some stuff you want to talk about him as well. Oh yeah, um, but let me let me just finish that. I'm sorry, go uh, ahead. That's okay. Um, there's five roster spots as of now open because usually in the off season the teams go up to. 90-player uh, roster. Right now, we're at like 84, 85. So, what I'm thinking of is now's the time you're going to see some veterans. I mean, with all the cap space they have, they can afford to bring guys in that are that have, that have been around the block that might be, might be almost like an Adrian Peterson role. Mm-hmm. Like, that are up in age, but you know they're going to be good in the position room. Like you have guys like a Delaney Walker that are still out there. I mean, I don't really know what his injury status is because I know he was healing up at the end of the year from injury. But um, you have a Delaney Walker who's out there. Uh, he'd be perfect in the tight end room because it's all all youngsters right now. In that there's no there's no veterans. So just just a veteran presence in that room would would probably do wonders. Yeah. Then you have the left tackle position that was recently vacated by uh, a guy everybody might have heard of, maybe Trent Williams. So um, I know everybody's sick of talking about him. But uh, they, he, Ron Rivera actually mentioned on uh, the Sheehan pod today that uh, he, good, good segue, by it's, the way. A possibility, <laughs> it's a possibility that he uh, might bring in a veteran to compete at the left tackle spot, but he does like the room. And he mentioned uh, Timon Paris as a uh, as a as a young guy on the roster that that has some upside. So when you start mentioning guys by name that that are unsolicited, I mean that's usually a good sign. I mean he did mention Jerron Christian, so I don't, I don't really know how how good that theory is. But um, and he he mentioned uh, Sadiq Charles as well that he, he believes he could hold the position down. But again, that's another room now 
the only real veteran in the offensive line are um, Scherf and Moses. Rulier is, is in the league a couple of years, but I'm talking like your vet vets, like the Pro Bowl um, guys that guys that could actually pass down some information to some of these younger younger. So we're gonna see. I think in the next the next week or so, I think you might see some some signings trickle in, maybe to fill out those roster spots. But I think I think they're gonna be veterans. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully that's that's the case. Oh, just banged in my mic there. Hopefully that's the case. Um, to definitely go that route, it, it's gonna be fun to see. Uh, oh now yeah. You, now you said on that podcast there was some other stuff going on. Um, on the on the Kevin Sheehan podcast, what else did Coach talk about? Okay, like um, let's see. A few things he mentioned. Well, he started off uh, talking about uh, Chase Young. That uh, he, he, as a rookie, he he believes he's really gonna solidify that defensive line um he he likened the redskins defensive line to how things were built when he was a coach in philly uh coach in san diego coach in chicago and when he was in carolina as well that they wanted to build the line as the defensive focal point because he said you know good pass rush you make every other position better on your defense. Yeah. And he said he believes that games are won and lost in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, uh, he, he mentioned uh, having a good rotation with, he, he likes having Ionitis uh, behind Allen and uh, Deron Payne. He, he, he mentioned Tim Settle as well. Um, Settle, I think, I think Settle could probably start on half of the teams in the league right now at defensive tackle. Um, you have Montez Sweat, you have you have Kerrigan, and then he even mentioned uh, Ryan Anderson. So what I'm thinking is I was I was wondering where he's gonna fit in this defense, Ryan Anderson. Kind of between he was a three four defensive three four outside linebacker, which is like a defensive end in a four three three. We're getting weird so, interference on your end. Um Okay, how about now? Yeah, I think it sounds a little better. Okay, sorry about that. That's all right. When, um, when this whole thing's over and we get to sit down across from a table, well, then that's getting crazy. It might be the speaker phone yeah. thing again. Um, but yeah, that's, once we, that's gonna be wild. Yeah, once. Uh, actually, I was thinking about that today. I was looking forward to that. Yeah, once we finally get to sit down across from each other, it's gonna be a lot better. So people who are listening, oh, yeah. just be very mindful. Some of the stuff we can't really control. Everybody in the world is on the internet right now, and things are a little, little screwy. Um, so there, there might be a little technical issues here and there. Just bear with us. We'll, we'll definitely work through them, but uh, it won't always be like this. When, when this whole COVID goes away. We'll uh, we'll be face to face, and it'll sound a lot better. <laughs> Plus, I think on my end, I'm gonna have to go a little old school and write this shit down instead of trying to put it in my notes on my phone. That's that's little. I have a little notebook in front of me for every show. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the yeah, same way. I'm gonna, I'll learn. This is like I said. This is my third podcast ever. You're so doing great though. You're I'll, doing fantastic. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't go that far. But hey, <laughs> you, you can you can polish the turd. You just can't make it shine, right? We'll we'll shine it up. We'll shine it up. All right. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, back to that Sheehan pod or that Sheehan interview. Um, he also mentioned uh, Haskins. Uh, Sheehan asked him about uh, if Haskins was his, if he believes Haskins could be the leader that he's looking for in the locker room, and he said he's not sure yet, but he pretty much there's there's a lot to like from when he watched film on Haskins' game before he even took the job. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he liked a lot of uh, – he mentioned the Detroit game a lot as a reference. Uh, he said when they needed scores, uh, Haskins delivered. Um, he said he seems to elevate his game. He's in the two-minute setting where he could, where he was thinking less and just reacting and his natural ability yeah. showed through. Um, it was a nice little nugget that you could tell Ron has some faith in him. He, does he know he needs work, and does he know he does he want to see how he picks up that offense? Of course, he's 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 a 22 year old kid, so I mean he, he just wants to he, he probably wants to see the maturity and the leadership abilities before he hands hands over the reins. Yeah, I mean, and you, have Ron, to, you have to see what he he was working with last year. He was working with a head coach who 
seemed like he was doing everything in his power to not let him get on the field when we right. really had nothing to lose and it would have been the greatest time for him to get reps and get better. Um, he hasn't played many games as a as a quarterback, like even in Ohio. No. I th- is he less than fifty games as at the position of quarterback in his career or something like that? Like it's an insanely low number, and he's getting by with just athleticism alone, you know. And now if someone's willing to work with him and he can kind of learn and grow, you know, work with what you have. Like if he's athletic, let him be athletic. But he, you know, don't go against the grain with the kid. Like in RG three, when when you let RG three be RG three, he was unbelievable. But when you try to turn him into something he wasn't, he wasn't well he mentioned the good the good thing about um the good thing haskins has going for him right now is two guys that are in the in that are going to be in that quarterback room with them i mean you have scott turner uh who's going to be his offensive coordinator and he's worked with uh, teddy bridgewater as a rookie mm-hmm. um and i forget who else there was somebody else but uh, teddy bridgewater was the example i basically wanted to give and uh ken zampezi who is the quarterbacks coach for the for the Redskins this year? And he was there when uh, um, I always do this. I always forget his name. Uh, the quarterback from Cleveland. Which one? The new one. <laughs> Manzel. No, after Manzel. Um, yeah. Uh, what the hell's his name? I always forget that little midget's name. The the one who's getting all the commercials. Um, yeah. I, I I just literally had a brain fart too. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, yes. Oh my God, ah, senior moment. You're right. I am older. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, Baker Mayfield, his rookie season when he showed so much promise was under Ken Zampezi yeah. as his quarterback coach. So I mean, he has he has guys in the room that are used to dealing with young quarterbacks, and he has two phenomenal brains that are going to be able to build that offense around Haskins skills. And like I said, in the last pod, it's, 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 it's amazing having guys that are putting people in place, knowing their skill set and knowing how they're going to use them rather than just trying to fit round pegs and square holes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that seems like we were doing a lot and it was funny because you'll, you'll see the guy who, who didn't perform very well at the Redskins level and then they go to a different team and they look like a completely different player. And you're like, well, was it something we were doing wrong as a coaching staff and not utilizing this player where they should? Or did they just step their game up? And it just seemed like more or less every time they left our organization, they became better. You know, it's just like, so hopefully that's not a thing anymore. Hopefully we take people for what they are. And, and like how you're saying, just, you know, it rounds, uh, square holes around peg, you know? Yeah. Our, the previous coaching staff seemed like they, they were, they were almost stubborn. Yeah the fact that they wouldn't change anything with their system but they made players adapt to their system instead of vice versa i mean you, with with free agency and and the player turnover nowadays your your system has to be flexible mm-hmm. your system has to be able to adapt to the players you're bringing in and that's the sign of good coaches and i think we may actually knock on wood have that for a change yeah um, so yeah, he talked about Haskins. Uh, what else did he talked about in that in that podcast? Um, he mentioned. I mean, this is a, another little nugget. I mean, he mentioned how at the very end he mentioned about the, he was talking about Trent Williams in the trade, and he said before the trade deadline last year that pole smoker Bruce Allen <laughs> had a first round pick on the table at the trade de- deadline for for Trent Williams oh, and didn't take it. What an idiot. Did he say so what team you was? Imagine, no, no, but we all pretty much think it's the Browns. Yeah. Um, but could you imagine in this draft, another first round, had the Browns, if we would have had the Browns pick at 10, Oh, we, we, we Dallas, uh, Eagles wouldn't be upset with Dallas for taking a wide receiver. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, either, a wide, either a wide receiver, or we would have doubled up on offensive linemen or even a, a corner or a, or maybe even maybe even use one of the fourth round picks to move up a spot or two, yeah, or, or something to try to get Simmons. <laughs> you know, I mean, could you imagine coming out of this draft with with Isaiah Simmons and Chase Young? Yeah, that'd be insane. That would have been that would have been sweet. But that was a that was a nice little nugget um, about about uh, Brucifer's last gift to us. 
Yeah. What an idiot. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else yeah, in that, that podcast you want to cover? Um, Not really. There was... That was pretty much it. I mean, he touched on more or less, like I said, the offensive line. Uh, Askins uh, mentioned that this isn't this isn't uncharted territory as far as not being able to meet with the players mm-hmm. because he said his rookie or his first year coaching uh, the Panthers was the lockout year. Yeah, and he re- he really didn't get to meet his players until the first day of training camp or the first yeah the first the first the first day of training camp. That was when he met his players. So he said this, this is similar. He said, but it's actually a little bit better now because they could do the virtual coaching sessions. Yeah. Which they couldn't, they couldn't be in communication with any of their players in 2011. So hopefully, I mean, they're, they're smart. Rivera seems like he knows how to, navigate uh choppy waters yeah so i'm i kind of have a little bit of faith yeah, agreed agreed um i know we were talking about a little bit before we'll, we'll circle back to it um our, our defensive end that we picked up from germany you said you had some stuff on that you wanted to cover yeah yeah he's another another big fella i mean he's pretty intriguing from a size speed uh weight ratio i mean he's he's six five uh 285 pounds uh he played four let me get let me get this right here. The I hope I'm pronouncing it right. The Schwabish Hall Unicorns <laughs> from Schwabish Hall, Germany. The Unicorns, baby. Uh, what if yeah, the what unicorns. if what if we changed our team name because and, and people you know because they get offended by it. We just change our team name to the Washington Unicorns. Would you th- shut your whore mouth <laughs> with that team name change. I don't even want to hear it. I don't, uh, listen, I, I just don't – I, I want to be very clear. I do not want a team name change. Um, I just think it's funny to always ring it up because it, it entertains me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we could, be the, we could be the Washington Unicorns. Speaking of, yeah. speaking of gear real quick, I actually just got my hat in the mail, my draft day hat. Um, How is it? Nice? It's nice, nice. The, the actual logo on the front that looks like the neon light – is actually mm-hmm. rubber. Get out. Yeah, and then on the side it's it's like stitched and it says "Hail to the Redskins," and on the back is a, is a maroon NFL logo. It's it's sharp. It's really nice. It's super comfortable. Nice. Yeah. You have to send me a pic. Yeah, it came in. It came in quick. I was really uh, nice. I was really quick. I was really impressed how fast it came in. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, last little tidbit though, I know it was against lesser competition, but he actually had 11 sacks last year in his league. Yeah. So I mean I know it's it's Germany we don't know what the competition he's playing against but hey you know that means he showed up against he's a big man guys. yeah yeah and they they said he's pretty quick uh, I was listening to him on a on an interview with with Ron Rivera and um, I mean smart enough to speak two languages fluently so I mean the guy I, I mean speaking English half of us can't speak English and we we've spoken it our whole lives. Yeah, I barely learned. I, 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 if I can't, if I don't know a word, I just throw a curse word in there. I just try to get by like that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's 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 like the that's the universal pillar. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely an intriguing prospect. I mean, I, his odds of making the team, especially on that in, in that position, I mean, are, are are slim to none. Could he make a practice squad? Possibly, but I mean, we'll we'll time will tell. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes down. Um, anything's possible, you know. Uh, yeah. Now with uh, you said on Instagram, I'm gonna step away for one second while you cover this next topic, just because uh, I, I have to grab something. But um, you said uh, Ruben Foster, some some in- info on that, right? Yeah, he posted on his Instagram today that his quote unquote leg is doing great, which I mean, it wasn't like a in depth, in detail. Uh, description of what's going on but any kind of positive news with uh, Ruben Foster is is welcome because if he I think he would if, if he's even remotely close to to, to his 100% uh, he would be a nice addition at linebacker room uh, I don't know if he would play weak side linebacker or if he would play uh, middle uh, I'm not sure but um, either way, if he's on the field, that's definitely a bonus. 
So glad to hear he's uh, doing better. And uh, I hope he continues to trend upward like that. Yeah, because uh, that's that's a player that we were really excited to see. And then very, very early into the season, you know, he blows his knee out and we never get to see him. Yeah, that was the first play at training camp. That was crazy. Shit, that I was, was looking the, for something and I cannot the, find it. All right, never mind. That was the that was the black cloud year where everybody and their mother got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's hope let's hope this uh, new medical staff works their wonders. That could be their first project, right? Yeah, there you go. So yeah, um, so good for him. Hopefully, he comes back. That adds some more depth to our uh, to our D. Um, oh, one other one other thing I forgot about the Sheehan podcast or the Sheehan uh, interview. Um, he mentioned. Uh, he asked what position Antonio Gibson would play. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, is he going to play running back? Is he going to play wide receiver? Is he going to play H back? Uh, Ron Rivera answered by saying, it depends on what play is called. Mm-hmm. So that yes. gives you a nice little insight on that fella is going to be moved all over the field. And he, like I said, he's, He's definitely going to be a chess piece if he could pick up the offense. Um, he's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, man. <laughs> good luck scouting that guy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, he's lining up here now. Like, yep. Good luck. Yeah, I'm. I'm pumped. I mean, it, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting. Um, I'm really excited to see him on the field this year. Uh, what else we got? I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my notes. Um, Jonathan Allen. Yes, yes, he, his fifth-year option was picked up, which pretty much everybody knew that was going to come, but um, that's that's uh, one extra year that we have. I mean, hopefully, if he balls out this year, I could see him getting a long-term deal and not even you know, worrying about what that fifth-year option is. Unless, I mean, it's just probably an extension upon that, but I mean, it's, it's nice to know that uh, even after Rivera said he wanted to give everybody every player the opportunity and coach the opportunity to get to know each other before he extended any long-term deals. Uh, just, just to know that they extended the uh, fifth year option on Jonathan. He definitely must see them as a, as a building block. So that's, that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely fired up to, to get more, get more of a uh, Jonathan Allen. Um, that fifth year option is definitely going to help and we can see what we do with it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Another Jonathan talking about Jonathan Johnson. Oh yeah, the uh, fourth of the uh, four undrafted uh, undrafted free agents that were signed. Um, a little wide receiver from Missouri. He's five foot ten, one hundred eighty pounds. Uh, he's. I mean, I don't like to say this. It's like as far as comparisons of players, I do it a lot, but. Sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not fair mm-hmm. to the actual player. But when I watched uh, some of his tape, I see a lot of Steven Sims in him. So, I mean, physically, they're almost the same. Um, his senior year, he had 29 catches for only 224 yards, but he was battling injuries. I believe he missed the last four games of the season. Um the year before, in 2018, he had 59 catches for 737 yards with a 12.5-yard average per reception, and he had five touchdowns. Uh, his sophomore season, he had 41 catches for 724 yards with a 17.7 yards per reception average and six touchdowns. Um, he had a handful of carries too from the backfield. So, I mean, he had in in his career he had forty six or uh, twenty nine uh, punt returns for two hundred and twenty nine yards with an eight yard average and uh, one touchdown. So he, he returns kicks. He's a little slot receiver. He's he's kind of electric. I mean, he was he was Drew Locks one of Drew Locks little go to guys like a safety valve. As, as a slot receiver when uh, Drew Locke was there. So, I mean, all these guys, they, they seem like they, they fit what they're looking for, which is, which is nice. And they all seem to have some talent, which is, 
again, it's it's so refreshing. I'll take it. I'll take it every day. Yeah. So, just another little tidbit on on the, the fourth. Oh, he took number twelve. I don't know if I mentioned that. That's uh, what number he. That's what number he's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. We think we talked about that in the top top of the okay. show there. I, I think so. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. We covered we covered a good bit already. Yeah, we we actually covered most of our notes already. Um, this one this one might not go as long, which is fine. That's okay. Not every show has to be two hours. Um, <laughs> breaking my mold a little bit. Um, I have one last little thing just to kind of end the show. Um, I don't have as much to talk about in this category because. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a broke bitch, um, <laughs> and I'm normally always a broke bitch. So I don't really get to experience this unless uh, our team is losing, and I can go see a game very 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 cheap. And uh, I, with my disorder, sitting in the cold is never going to happen. So late late season games are probably never going to be a thing for me, um, <laughs> unless I'm in a press box, which will never ever happen. But um, we're, I want to I want to kind of shoot some idea some uh, a topic out. We could both talk about your favorite our favorite FedEx moments, our favorite home game moments. I unfortunately never got to see an RFK game. Um, I mean, neither. I never did either. I was I wanted to go see a game. But it was it by the time I would have gotten to go see one, it would have been a uh, a DC United game. But then the year we went was the year I think they just started their new stadium, so I never got to see RFK at all. It, it, it ended up turning into the DC United. They 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 built the DC United Stadium and stopped playing in in the old stadium. Um, which by the way, I know you. I don't know if you're a big soccer guy, but if you can go see a DC United game, go do it. It is a blast. It's so much fun. I never, I actually never saw a live soccer game. I went and seen Wayne Rooney play with my dad, and it was awesome. It was so they lost what they shouldn't have lost. It was a bullshit offsides call. Rooney should have had two goals, and they should have had to go ahead win. But my God, you thought like imagine Redskins fans, but then turn them into soccer hooligans like that. It's just the whole stadium just never shuts up the whole time. There's chants and drums and smoke and horns. It's just it's so much fun. It's so it's it's one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. Hey, it sounds like a blast. Yeah, the only thing I wish, um, I know they're talking about possibly, maybe moving the stadium. Now, how we'll talk about that real quick. How do you feel about that? Do you, do you what do you think they should do with the? Do you think they should keep FedEx? Do you think they should relocate? I mean, FedEx is a disaster. I mean, it's been a disaster from when between traffic and just the stadium itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far I mean, for years. Just the turf has been an issue. It's been painted grass. I mean, I know the last couple of years they they kind of remedied that a little bit, and I heard there's some some rumors about uh, another resodding again this year. Yeah. So I mean, which 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 is nice. Like you said, the last the last year or so, it's it, it's definitely been been better. Um, would I like to see a stadium where it was? closer to a city where they could have transit right to the, right to the stadium um, where you can walk to the stadium mm-hmm. uh, something similar to Baltimore yeah uh, Baltimore their their location is, is phenomenal uh, it, for the Raven Stadium I mean you can walk to the stadium if you're if you're staying in the city um, you could take a, a train over if you're coming from outside the city um, it's it's just a neat atmosphere with the Raven Stadium. Um, I'd like to see a smaller stadium where when I used to watch on TV, I mean, I'm just going by, like I said, what I, what I see on, on TV because I was never at RFK, but I would love to see that stadium rock. Yeah. Like, like the they old. said, they said when, when our, when our came, when the, when the team was doing well, that stadium just shook. Mm-hmm. And that to me is football. I mean, I'd like to see maybe something a little, a little smaller. With, believe it or not, I wouldn't mind seeing a dome or a retractable roof to make stuff like uh, Super Bowls and uh, the draft and stuff like that. Maybe make it a little bit more appealing, so that they could actually gain more revenue that way, and the city can whatever city they area they decide to put the stadium in. Yeah, um, it it would be nice, like a nice dome stadium. Yeah, I agree. Uh, or like I said, like like a retractable roof of some some sort. Yeah, I'm actually trying um, to find real quick on uh, on Google Maps. I want to look at the layout real fast because I heard rumors when I was there. But obviously, I, I'm not I'm not always there, so it's hard for me to 
to really know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm trying to find Google Maps real quick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it's. I would like I said. I would just there were there were some some things I would I would love to see. I mean, a lot of people that that go to more games than I do would be able to answer that question a little bit better. Yeah, we're um, just two schmucks from uh, from Pennsylvania. From Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here, 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 we, uh, all right, where, where was I yeah, looking at before? I don't remember exactly where I seen it. Maybe maybe what I seen was just yeah, that would never work. All right, never mind. Um, so there was, if if it would ever something could ever happen to it, or they could find a way to make it work, um, I would like it to be in DC. I, I I know like it's it's hard to put it down there. Like I know Nationals Park is there, and I know the DC United Stadium's down there. And space is limited, but <clears throat> when we when you go to that stadium, um, you can you can take it like hey you're saying you can take a transit, take the transit right up, literally walk to the Nationals Park, and then walk over to the DC United Park. That's what we, that's what we did, hey. um, and then that whole little section of town over there just has all these really cool businesses and really cool things to do. I'm just kind of looking at like an overview map of the area. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know like realistically where. Was RFK Stadium where DC United was, and then they tore it down and put the stadium there? Like, I, I don't, I'm not even sure how that works. I'm not sure because I really don't follow soccer that much. I know, I know that the, the RFK Stadium is is gone. Yeah. But I don't know what if anything was built in its place or, or, mm-hmm. or not. Honestly. Um. Yeah. The the only, like you mentioned, like I said, when, when you mentioned in. Uh, with the uh, nationals and uh, being able to walk from stadium to stadium. Uh, that's how, that's how Baltimore is. Yeah. It's so and nice. and, and people, Philly, people one of the nicest things I yeah. like about Philly is that all your teams can kind of support each other that way. I mean, it sucks. You can't have two games right. at the same time because parking is a nightmare, but like, right. I would love to have a, like a state like that. That's awesome. The eager stadiums can do that. Like you can just kind of all like see each other's stadiums all from me. Like, I think that's, gonna, that's awesome. Like a nice little hub. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I guess it's in the works, and we're probably going to hear something. I mean, with with COVID nineteen, I don't know if every anything was pushed back uh, with all the other stuff that they're they're trying to because Dan, Dan Snyder right can't can't be outdone by the Cowboys for the for or anybody for that matter as having the nicest stadium. So right, it, it's definitely we're definitely due for an upgrade. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm I'm a little envious of Vegas's stadium, and I was actually oh, hoping yeah. to see it with you. Yeah. It. I was going to try to get there for the draft this year, but um, San Francisco is nice too. The whole thing calling it the Death Star and it's all black. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just sweet. I mean, I retractable roof, I, the big, yeah, Al, I, the big I, Al Davis thing. Yeah, I kind of have, I kind of have to give them props on that. So, I mean, I, I'm excited that uh, that there's a potential to to see another another stadium built. I mean, I remember when we were moving to RFK and I was so excited to go for my first game and I went there and it was cool because Hey, Hey, it was my first game. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, I mean, I could have, I could have sat in the parking lot and watched a football game and thought it was awesome. But can you remember I mean, can, when you left that stadium that day, did you, did you leave a bigger fan of a player than when you walked in? Like what, what was it? What was a key moment from your first game that you remember? It was a Monday night football game against the San Francisco 49ers. And we got absolutely drubbed. <laughs> we got the shit kicked out of us. I remember I went with uh, with some family and friends, and we left about the third quarter. And we went to a titty bar. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and we almost got mugged. In the What's going on? Sorry about that. We almost got mugged in the titty bar, but our we felt our chances were better getting mugged in the titty bar than sitting there watching the rest of that game <laughs> it was bad it was rough it's it funny was, that was one of my first experiences going to a game i remember we, my, me and my dad pulled up and we we pulled into this gas station and he's like listen like we're from a very i, I don't want the, st- the story to come off that we're ignorant or anything but like we're, we come from a very dawson's creek 
Pennsylvania, coal, all white coal region town. Um, so, so when we go to a city or we go to like, like what you would consider a bad neighborhood or a ghetto or anything like that, we get a little nervous. You know what I mean? Like we're like, okay, we, yeah, we definitely don't belong here or don't fit in. But realistically, where we grow, where we where we live, is white ghettos. It really is. We're just as poor and just as impoverished. But you know what I mean? It's just kind of that that cultural shock, I guess. Um, but my first experience, we pull up to this gas station and uh, my dad's like, "Do me a favor, just uh, stay in the car. I'm gonna go get the gas and we're gonna get out of here." And I was like, nah, I gotta get up. I gotta piss. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm definitely getting out of the car. So I walk out of the car, and uh, this is actually my second time down there. And uh, I'm rocking my Sean Taylor jersey, and there's all these dudes sitting outside the gas station hanging out. And my dad, and I, my dad's just like, oh my god. And the guy goes, yo. And my dad goes, just. And I, and I go, yeah. And he goes, I like that jersey. I go, Sean Taylor, baby, hail to the Redskins. He goes, you all right with me, my man? I walked in the gas station, got my shit, walked out. I was like, Dad, I'm home. This is, you know what I mean? Like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. love being in that D.C., Virginia area. Like, my, my, I used to have family that lived in that area, and I would go down there, and they would have, like, the official Redskins stores inside their malls, kind of like we have Schuylkill Valley Sporting Goods. They have, like, right. their fish, and, like, you go into a gas station and, like, Dude, I, we, I was gonna get. I wanted one so bad, but we didn't have a chance or couldn't find one on the way. But like, a, like the seven, like I, this is how the small things in DC cheer my soul and make me happy. Like you go to a Seven Eleven and you get a, a a big gulp with like Ryan Kerrigan on the cup. I'm like, I I want I want that cup. I want a Ryan Kerrigan Redskins cup. You know what I mean? Like like because you can't get that where we're from. Everything is plastered with Eagles and Steelers. So when you go to yeah. DC, Virginia, and you're like your big gulps have your players on it, your 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 Pepsi cans have Redskins logos, like that kind of stuff makes me so happy. Like just seeing a billboard with the Washington Redskins logo, or when you're in the subway transit and you see the DC United or the Washington National logo, I'm like, I love this city. Like I if I ever could move somewhere i'd probably try to move to the virginia dc area just because i just i don't know i just love that whole that whole thing uh, i love i, I love where, i love where i'm from pennsylvania but going there and like you put your jersey on and you're like you're walking down the that the, the, the city and you have a redskins gear on a p and it's just normal it, it just feels like i i belong here <laughs> you know what i mean like you wear it here and people are like hey nice jersey asshole and you're like yep thank you thank you very much <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's i don't know i just love it but uh yeah my first game was uh against the cincinnati Bengals. um the first play of the game uh palmer drops back and he throws a bomb down the left, right sideline i believe it would be the right sideline and it was picked off by Sean Taylor in the and and his his in the 36 jersey and I I I told my dad I said going into this game it was kind of like a rebirth of being a Redskins fan cuz I did take a little bit of a break there like being in high school and middle school I was like yeah I don't, I don't care like I'm, I'm all about girls and music at the time and uh, mm -hmm. my favorite player was Daryl Green like every time the Redskins were on TV Daryl Green was my dude so then uh and then when that all ended I kind of took a break and then I was like, whoever, I'm going to find my favorite Redskins player here today. And the first play, like the, one of the first couple plays of the game, Sean Taylor gets a pick. And I was like, there's my new favorite player. And ever since then, I was stuck. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. It's, it, Sean Taylor was, was easy to love. Yeah. You know, when, when you watched, I mean, even his bad plays were good plays. Yeah. I mean, something, he always turned some kind of negative into a positive. And when he had the when he had his, his ball in the hand, yeah, wow, that sounded filthy. Yeah, <laughs> when he had the ball in his hands, um, he well, he was a, I think a, a running back, all all state high school running back. Yeah. So I mean, he he knew what he was doing. I mean, he was just he was just electric. It was I miss him. I miss watching him and preaching to the choir here. But if you've never seen the documentary yeah. of Sean Taylor, a football life or a football story, yeah, or, right. oh my god, it's fantastic. Where's daddy? Be like, all right, great practice. Uh, run home. See you later. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, um, yeah, just fantastic dude, man. It's just a shame that his, you know, he he was he was a problem, and then he he cleaned his act up, and he was changing his life, and just unfortunately, um, you know, his member of his own family, I guess for the most part, you can say, was the one who took him out. Super sad. Yeah, he uh, it's a shame. It was, yeah, we, I used to be got, I used to be friends with his dad on Facebook. Get out. Yeah. Um, somebody from Monty City is a huge, uh, a f huge Dolphins fan, and I guess he lives down in Florida. Well, obviously that mm -hmm. would make sense because that's where they're from. But um, right. she's like, I guess she was like, "Yo, like 
I, I'm fr- like when I go down to Florida all the time to hang out, like I, I'm friends with him. Uh, Pedro is, I believe, is his first name. It's been a while since I actually looked anything up, but I mean, Sean looks just like him. And I remember just like making a post one time. I added him. Like, I guess she told him about me and he added me, or somehow we added each other on Facebook, but it was my old account. I don't even know if I still have him. Um, but yeah, so I made a post like, yo, today's, you know, she would be Sean's birthday. And I had my little Sean Taylor remembrance flag in my jersey on. And he liked the picture and said, it's, it's, it's always great to see my son's legacy still carries on. I was like, that's oh, pretty man. dope. Yeah, I was, I was like, awesome. yeah, yeah, but yeah, cool yeah. It was one of the only posts I ever got from him. But it was like, well, that that made my day. It probably made his more. You know what I mean? Obviously, losing your kid is not easy. No, yeah. that's uh, that's I, that's definitely something. Nice actually, and positive we we are still we are still friends on Facebook. Yeah, that's hey, awesome. Yeah, I I just realized that. That'd be a fun conversation. I should shoot him a message, see if he wants to call in one day. Yeah. Oh my God, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's he, uh, you know, super nice dude for uh, just for even reaching out like that. But uh, yeah, so that was my first FedEx experience. I've only ever had two. I haven't went to the stadium twice. I seen that game, and then I seen the uh, Monday night game that we talked about in a podcast before with the uh, the Redskins Cowboys uh, Monday night game season opener with Donovan McNabb at starting quarterback and Ryan Kerrigan's holding call wins us the game. But my God, that stadium was a quarter filled, quarter filled. And Jerry Jones walked on the field during warm-ups, and it sounded like it was the loudest eruption of booze I've ever heard in my life. It was out of control. It was crazy, <laughs> crazy. Um, there was now coming from Philadelphia, everyone's like, "Well, how was it?" To two division. I, I, there was one fight I seen on the way out of the stadium, and it was over before it started because everyone broke it up and said, "It's pointless. What are you fighting over? It's a football game." And separated everybody and sent everybody on their way. That was the only thing I've seen. I know I did see one other thing. This one cow- Eagles, uh, Cowboys fan kept standing up and turning around to the whole stadium and flipping everybody off every time they move the ball two inches. And uh, I guess he like ever a positive play happened and somebody I guess timed it. They knew it was coming and he stood up to turn around and as he was turning, he got hit in the face with like one of those plastic bottles. And then someone says, "Shit, sit the fuck down!" Like, but I mean, like, but like every single time he's standing up and flipping obscenities and screaming obscenities to every single person that's behind him. So, like, do I agree with throwing something at him? No, but eh, he he had it coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, he definitely had it coming. Like, there's kids and stuff there, man. Don't be cursing and throwing middle fingers right. up. Like, it's still a fan. I mean, I know Redskins fans. I've seen pictures are getting blowjobs. You know, while their games are going on. You see those photos? No, yeah. no, but I wonder what section that is. I'll have to look into it. Was, it. it was a standing room only <laughs> section, or it was a very, very top where the guy's standing, like, leaning on the railing, and he ha- he's, like, kind of covered, and then his girl's underneath the coverage doing her thing. Go Skins. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she deserves kudos. Yeah. She really does. Someone should have bought mean, her a jersey that day. Yeah, she's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, babe, I know your team's losing, but I can make it better. Please do. Please yeah. Do. yeah. I mean, and now that's a lady. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a lady. That's awesome. God, yeah. God, bless her, God bless her heart. Yeah, but the coolest part yeah. about the, the Cowboys game is every single time in between, like, commercials or any like hyping up the game between warm-ups and just all the, in the entire game it was just like they would play clips on the jumbotrons of the um the most iconic redskins cowboys moments in history like the we want dallas chant and the whole crowd is doing it and then sean taylor blocking the the field goal and then taking it back getting the 15 yard face mask and then we hit the game winning yeah. like and every single yep. time like they were show like the whole place would just go nuts and we're like, we want that. Like it was just, I get chills thinking about it. It was the coolest experience I ever had in my life at a, at a Redskins game. And we won not, not on the greatest terms, but we won. Um, but yeah, that was the only two experiences I had. Hopefully I just want to change that more, but, uh, one day, one day I'll, I'll definitely get another chance off the FedEx. Well, this year, if there's definitely, there's definitely a season, we'll definitely get to a game this year. Yeah. I'll drive. I'll drive. We'll make a day of it. We'll we'll have a good time. Don't worry about it. Awesome. I'm excited. But uh, two two of my like wildest memories going to games was uh, one. It was uh, the game against the Eagles when Michael Vick Michael Vick kind of lit us up, and uh, I believe he, he started off the game with a bomb to Deshaun Jackson for a touchdown. Yeah, and, and it was pouring rain, and uh, a buddy of mine uh, got tickets. And there was some kind of uh, team tailgate uh, that he got this. It was like a bonus thing uh, 
where they had like brisket and everything else. So we were walking down because you could, I believe you could have a pregame and then at halftime and then they were dismantling everything. Mm -hmm. So it was pouring. So we went back down. It was a covered tent area and we just, we wanted to just kind of dry off, get a little warm and go back up and suffer through the rest of the game. But on our way down, we're walking through the tunnel areas and here comes the entire Redskins cheerleading squad. And I, I looked at him and I said, I got to get my picture taken. I have to. <laughs> it's going to be the only positive outcome of this game. So I went over and the, uh, the head, the, head the, the, the cheerleading squad leader or whatever she was, um, I asked if I could get my picture taken with them. She said, oh, my God, yeah, sure, no problem. So they all lined up. And I stood in the very middle. It was like the, the picture is on my Facebook. It's a panoramic shot of me in the middle and all the Redskins cheerleaders standing in this tunnel. <laughs> and I was like happier than a pig and shit. And at that point, I was like, I didn't care if I was soaking wet. I I just I was it made my day. Yeah, it was it was it was all worth it. All the all the aggravation and uh, and uh, the cold I got. For that game, what do you what do you look uh, forward yeah. to besides obviously the game about the stadium? Like, what about Redskins sta- culture stadium? Or do, do excites you the most? Honestly, the last decade, nothing about the culture. The culture has been horrible. I mean, I'm looking forward now to having hope. Yeah, and having and having actually a team that cares about, I mean, just even the Redskins fan page. I mean, from redskins.com, their, their fan page, their media is on freaking point. They're, they're unbelievable. It's, it's night and day in, in comparison to what it was. Yeah. For, um, I'm sorry, real quick. It, 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 the biggest thing for me for the stadium is I, I absolutely love the marching band. I, oh my God, just yeah. like when they march in and they're playing, it, it, there's nothing better than hearing, the band actually playing the fight song when you score when at least when they score a touchdown it's just there's it's nothing like i'm a, like, like i said the only other team outside of the virginia D, the only two other teams i'm sorry that i support that are outside the dc virginia area are mm-hmm. i mean i grew up a bulls fan because i was taught michael jordan before i was taught what basketball was and i'm a notre dame I'm a yeah and I'm, and I'm a notre dame fan but when when they did jordan when they when they did jordan dirty and he left and he went to washington that's when i became a wizards fan so and I kind of went back to Bulls when uh, when they got Derrick Rose. I was a huge Derrick Rose fan. Like I was a huge Derrick Rose RG three fan. Both of them blew their knees out, and it just it was the most depressing time to be a sportsman for me. Um, but uh, yeah, but the like Notre Dame's band, just that music when you're there, like that the marching band music, and how the Redskins have that too. It just I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. You 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 hear you see that band marching and they walk in and they're playing. It just it's goosebumps every single time for me. It's neat on the club level. If you're if you're on the club level when you get tickets, they play on the club level as well. Yeah, I've only been so at the uh, it's really in, wild. Every I think the closest I've ever sat to the state, the, the like the like I, the first time we went for the Bengals game, I was two rows away from touching the gate at the very top, and then the second time me and my dad went, we were two rows in front of the bar that separates the upper 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 level to the next like the second tier level so that i've never broken the third tier <laughs> ever at a redskins game the the first year scott McLuhan was the gm we had tickets for i, I guess like it was scott. The fan, fan experience section yeah. where, the, where the players come out of the tunnel that's where we sat and it was neat you, you know they're slapping you high eyes coming that, that was cool as well Getting a little wonky there. What was that? Uh, well, the fan experience thing. Yeah. Where where the players come out of the tunnel, if I was their group, and yeah, uh, we were sitting right there, and, and the players actually slapped your slap your hands, high five. Yeah. And everything, we, we slapped hands with with McLuhan. I mean, that was that was really cool. Um, one more other time I was there, we had a really cool experience. Uh, I went with uh, three other buddies. And uh, we were watching pregame warmups. It was against Chicago, and uh, we're we're just we're just standing there watching. And three guys come up in suits and said, "We have a field pass. We each have field passes." 
would you like to go down and use them? Because there's an hour, an hour before the game yet, and we're gonna go back up. We're gonna go up to our suite. And we're gonna eat something and drink something and just relax. What do you want to use them? For the last section, are you still on speakerphone? Yes. Maybe switch off speaker just for a flat. Yeah, it's get, it's getting really crazy. Right. Okay. Better? Yes, much better. Okay. Um, did you hear the part where yep, the I field said we were watching pregame? Yep. Yeah, pregame warmups got the field pass. Um, the funny thing was the one guy just went to the bathroom that came with us. So when the three guys came up with the field passes, we – just took him and went right down. We didn't even <laughs> think about the poor. We didn't think about our poor other buddy that was up in the pisser. Fuck him. Didn't even know what was going on. So um, there's an hour left. We go down. On, We're out of here. Yeah, we go. We go down on the field, and this is before the game started, mm-hmm. and it's wild. And we we go down, and we're like watching the players warm up, and they're running right by, and everything else, and all of a sudden I see Bruce Allen. Boom. And I, I, yell, I yelled to him, well, this is even before, this is before he was hated. Yeah. I mean, this was when he was still just slightly inept. Yeah. But nobody really despised him yet. And uh, I actually yelled to him and he came over. So me and my cousin got a picture taken with Bruce Allen. Nice. And, and it's on, it's on my Facebook as well. Well, he's walking away and I see, I see Dan Snyder off in the distance, and I yelled to Bruce Allen again. I said, is there any way we could get a picture taken with, with Mr. Snyder? So I, he yells out to him. Snyder comes walking over, and he said, these guys would like a, a picture if possible. And he said, oh, no problem. He better so probably got pay for a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, we got our we got our picture taken with Dan Snyder too. Yeah. So we were happier. We were happy as clams. Then they they let us go over in uh, the the replay booth on the sidelines. The a couple of the referees actually showed us how it works. That's awesome. Like underneath the hood and everything, because they 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 put their head in there and they look at the mm-hmm. at the plays and and then it and then they come back out on the field and make the the wrong call anyway. Yeah. But. <laughs> But yeah, do you, that do you was... think the NFL this year adopts adapts the uh, XFL thing where they kind of talk like they talk more about what's going on with the real rules on the play? Because that was one of the oh biggest my, takeaways wish, for NX, XFL that people actually enjoyed. I wish they would. That transparency was awesome. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, the, NX, the NFL should definitely adopt that. Definitely, I even liked. I mean, I liked to a certain extent when they were on the sidelines with the XFL, but. I could see that shit would wear thin with some of the NFL coaches be amazing, and some of the though. players. <laughs> could you imagine Belichick getting interviewed? Like, just look oh at that. Can God. you can you get the fuck out of my face? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I could I could I could just just imagine. <laughs> did you hear I mean, real somebody... quick? Side sidebar. Did you see the uh, the cartoon that was made for? Um, uh, was it not Wes Welker? Um, fucking from the Patriots. It might have been Wes Welker. No. No, Edelman. 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 Where, the with the hot tub story? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's why I love Twitter. Everybody's everybody's kind of twisted. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um Yeah, we we fit right in. 100%. Yeah. I I'm a huge this might be the weirdest thing ever. If there's a if there's a jersey I want to get, I don't even know what player I would get. I, I don't give, I don't I wouldn't give a shit. Oh, whoever the whoever the player is this year, I'll find a way to get a custom made jersey. But I am a mm-hmm. huge fan of punters and kickers and it, it was before pat McAfee made it cool um because that's what i played in high school i was a punter kicker and i grew up playing soccer um so i always i during pre-game warm-ups i used to always love going like and watching the kicker because like some of those dudes are like they <laughs> i don't know how they do it but like in a game they're they're like whiffing on 36 yarders but during warm-up some of them are hitting like 67 yarders just <laughs> just bombing 67 yard kicks and i'm like yeah holy shit <laughs> and they kicked that it's ball wild. man it's like an explosion yeah you can hear it definitely yeah there's some power behind it yeah and there's you know even the punters are big dudes man some of them are some big boys their legs maybe are maybe dustin maybe dustin hopkins or tress way will hear our podcast and and send you an autographed jersey. That'd be great. Yeah, let's make that happen. I want to. I want to hashtag him. Punters are punter for life or kickers for life. <laughs> there you go. It would be actually, a... actually, 
I'd I mean, take a Tressway jersey. You yeah. can have a Hopkins jersey. Yeah. So we'll make it even. We'll 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 split it up a little bit, and then yeah. we'll just rotate because we're almost <laughs> the same size anyway. Hundred percent. So doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter. He was what? The, uh, well, he was our star of this year. Yeah, you know, between between uh, punting, he he was on the field more than anybody. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he was it. our pro bowler. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a dope ass punter too, man. He could put it anywhere. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he's unbelievable. He actually kept us in a lot of games because the defense, like, thank God, he, at least he could punt. He's keeping them inside the ten yeah. was every single time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and Hopkins kicking it out of the end zone on kickoffs all the time really yeah. helped our our coverage units as well. Yeah, I like both. I hope we keep both them around for kicking and punting. We, we, we struggled on kicking for a while. It was, it was hard to find. Well, I, I think, I think Tress way signed an extension. So I think he signed a two or three year extension at the, at the end of the he year. He was our only pro baller too, wasn't he? The, the punter. Our I, punter. I believe, I believe he made it, but did he make it as a, I don't know if he made it as an alternate or if he actually made it, made it. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't remember. At the end of this year, at, at the end of this year, I was just concentrating on it being over. Yeah, and and looking forward to the draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then watching it's, it's, ev- it's, watching every single time Haskins step back in the pocket to see how he how he evolved. <laughs> and and, and watch, don't play and really good, but don't don't win. Don't win the game. Just uh, go out and play. Get your reps in. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that was a big debate. How uh, some fans were were saying, hey, you know. If we win too many games, we're going to be out of the Chase Young sweepstakes. And, like, I was kind of on the fence. Like, I didn't, like, in one hand, you want to see, you want to see everybody not give up. You want to see them ball out. You want to see some of the young guys step up so you have some hope for the future. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you're sitting there going, come on, come on, miss, 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 drop it. <laughs> and it's it's bad. Yeah. I mean, it's bad to even admit that you think like that. Yeah. But when you know you're going to get like the second pick of the draft, and this depends, this this is like hanging in the in the balance. Mm-hmm. You're like you're definitely. It's like watching fantasy football. Here's a quick question: like, Do you think if the Redskins mm-hmm. would have not if they if they did not have the second round pick, do you think they would have traded up for it? <sighs> you mean the second overall pick? Yeah, the second overall pick. Yeah. Yeah, because um, they they had they their they, they had their eyes set on Chase Young. That was like that was their. I, yeah. I think I think they would have tried, but I honestly, without a second round pick this year, I don't think they would have had the ammo to do it. Yeah, well, we were we were sitting with one of the best offensive tackles in the league that wanted out of our team. Just putting it out there, right? So I mean, we, we probably <laughs> I would have been like, "Hey, probably, you need a lineman." We probably would have been in the Giants' range at about the fourth pick. Yeah. So with all this Trent Williams stuff, we probably would have ended up taking either a left tackle or an Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. I I would say Isaiah Simmons first, or even an Okuda. I mean, there are three positions of need. So we might, we wouldn't have had Chase Young, but we still probably would have had a good, a good player. Yeah. All so, right. Well, uh, let's wrap up. Let's wrap it up here. Um, Hour and seven, not counting intro music, but that's not bad. Um, not bad. We'll wrap it up here. You send a message over to the, uh, the the boys and see if they still want a guest call in, and and if they they're interested, we'll 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 we'll, we'll jump over and talk with them a little bit. Uh, but thank you guys so much for supporting. Uh, hail to the hey, bros on the warpath. Sorry, bros on the warpath, and always <laughs> for, uh, you heard it her from us. Uh, hail to the Redskins. We'll see you next time. <laughs>